Hey, Chris Manning here with my co-host, Evan Damrell, on the Locked On Cavs podcast. Maybe you're watching us on YouTube. Maybe you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get podcasts. On today's show, we are going to talk about Larry Nance and his uh, goodbye letter of sorts. And we're going to talk about Kevin Love um, as we continue the fallout slash the future development slash whatever you want to call it from the Lori Markkinen acquisition from the end of last week. Go check out our episode on that. If you haven't already, today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts Carl ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Hey! Knocks it down! Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket and oh my! Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton, chased by Hill, off to Stevens. Oh, my! 45 ticks to go. That shot yes. is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that hard and pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for no. Oh, look out! There you go. That's called team ball right there. What is up, people? I'm Chris Manning. He's Evan Demerol. Evan Demerol. Evan Demerol. I said his name correctly that time. Evan, what's up, buddy? Third time's the charm, I guess. Not a whole lot, man. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a nice, easy Sunday afternoon or evening, I guess. At this point, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Time is relative, but um, uh, I'm good. How was your weekend? Good. Uh, we got some needed rain in the northeast Ohio oh, yeah. area. I, I was at Trader Joe's and I was trying to beat the rain, and I'm like looking overhead, and I'm like thinking of Kid Cudi where he says, "Gray clouds, gray sky up above, man." Metaphor to my life, man, because only only Scott and Cudi could rhyme man and man together, much like well, Little Dicky could write right and right. That was a very um, certain era of "I'm from Cleveland," like oh, sentence you just said. That album is incredibly influential to my life so i will never yeah, say anything dude, bad about man on the moon no, one. I, I i won't either but it also just means you were 100 percent like a sad teenager at a certain point in like oh yeah 2010s like oh, yes. i'm like scott medcut mezcutty gets me in wadsworth ohio living in rural ohio i'm like yeah i'm sad too it's gray all the time yeah that's that's when you know it's a certain it's a very specific experience that uh i may or may not also sure uh see him in concert like four times because why not but anyway dude the first time i saw him live was at bowling green my friend's sister was a student at bowling green and got us in we were the only 17 year olds there and my dad had like a no pot policy when we were growing up um well i would i would i would think he would evan he softened his stance with my brother um so we reeked of marijuana on the way back and I had my friend roll down his car. We were literally like flying down the highway at like one in the morning. I'm like hanging out the window trying to air myself out. Cause I'm like, if my dad thinks I smell like pot, he's going to drug test me. And what if I, so what, you know, this so is wait, back, wait, you know, wait, 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 when wait. suburban Ohio taught you that if you had secondhand smoke from marijuana, you would get high from it. And also it would like come up as a positive test. So I was like paranoid. So, so what, what was your question? Well, what you're, well, no, I'm just going to say what you're telling me is that you've been calling me the Joker and like rolling with the Joker. You're actually the Joker because you're hanging your head out the window. Some men just like to watch the world burn with rubies right, the size of tangerines. You know what I'm saying? Let's move on. Let's talk about Larry Nance. Uh, we'll talk about Kevin Love in the last two segments. Obviously, his, his agent, Jeff Schwartz, told... Woj that uh, he's not gonna doesn't want to do a buyout. It has no interest. 
So we'll, I got we'll, some we'll tea see. on that too. Well, Evan, I think anyone with a brain can can think through what is going on there and uh, not take that at face value. So we'll get into that later. But uh, the Larry Nance of it all. So obviously he penned an open letter through Cleveland.com um, over the weekend. Basically, I think the only really notable thing, like I saw like someone aggregated it and was like, wow, Larry Nance gave a warning to the rest of the Eastern Conference that the, the Cavs young, young core six or whatever is a is a problem and i was like okay like let's relax this is like him he's being nice on the way out of town good for him but the, the notable thing is that he called it a collaborative effort in in finding this trade and that's not really surprising i don't think we i think there's rumblings of that i don't want to say that you and i had that like we had had that well confirmed enough like we would have reported it so i'm not going to sit here and claim that like we 100 knew that was a thing but i think, I don't think anyone consider- really did no but i think it is it is interesting that Larry went there and like people, I think one of the discussion points coming out of this has been, you know, this is a guy that was like tweeting about never trade me, wants to retire here, all this stuff. And like that change. And I think that is, that has been a discussion point of people kind of thinking about the Larry Nance era, Larry Nance Jr. Era, yeah, I say. yeah. I think him penning that letter. First off, it's really funny that he did it through a certain somebody at cleveland.com. Well, let's not let's, um, that's only good vibes. Let's only do good vibes here. I'm the Joker, baby. Well, the only thing that I I was like, Larry, this isn't too long for an Instagram post. You just have to do the notes post or like split it up over multiple posts. Like it's not that hard. You want to know how I got these scars by Larry Nance Jr. coming out and saying that this was a collaborative effort on his part with the Cavs where he more or less said, yeah, I I think I'm, and it's what I said in my piece for right down Euclid. Like I got the impression from why the Cavs are kind of open to trading him is Larry is 28. He's our age, Chris. And he, the last time he played meaningful basketball, like truly meaningful basketball was in 2018 when he reached the finals in his first year here. That is the one time in his career he has ever played. Like aside from like the, he had the last Kobe season and was around for that. But like, that wasn't like a, really good team. the only team. time he has played no. like deep into the playoffs was 2018 with lebron james and that was like half a season for the basketball yep and that's pretty much all he had and you get that little taste of it and you want to get more and more of it like partially why kevin loves a little frustrated with the situation why he wants out but that's just a different beast that we'll unpack in the upcoming segments but i think it's fair of larry to openly say like hey before this gets too far ahead i'm the one who has to be traded because there are also certain members of the media who could use this as like a negativity shot at the Cavs and say like oh this guy who's loyal to the city and loves it here and you know like you said would tweet he quote tweeted me using the clip from Wolf of Wall Street saying I'm not going anywhere and I think that's still the incorrect use of the clip but um well it's also just like notable that movies about like committing financial crime like this is also like the thing. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but sometimes the Cavs play like this the the speech at the wall from Game of Thrones from Sir Alistair. And like yeah. that guy sucks. And I'm like, you understand that this guy's actually really bad, right? Like I, I don't know if yeah. they like all they've understood like the like the context of this isn't exactly like great. Yeah, no. Wolf uh, of Wall Street's a good example of like frat bros thinking they're like really like they see a really good movie and they think they're super deep for watching a movie. It's like uh, when high school Evan or early college Evan rather saw Inception for the first time and thought it was like the greatest movie ever made. Um, it's really not that deep. It's really not that good to flick. But jumping back here, Larry did the the Cavs a huge favor too because this could have evolved rapidly into a PR nightmare over the weekend if. He didn't pen this letter through Cleveland.com because the general consensus from fans was, what the hell's going on here? Like, 
you traded, like I just said, you traded this guy who gets what it means to be a Cleveland fan, what it means to be a Clevelander, um, and you just send him to Portland, and you bring back this guy in Lowry Markkinen, who was on his way out of Chicago already. This might be viewed as an overpay by some. Like it, it was kind of the perfect storm where everyone's just, yeah, you, we know you. A lot of people thought this is the perfect storm where the Cavs really goofed, and it may still not be the best trade. I still think the Cavs could have gotten a wing, and if they play Lowry at the wing, Chris Manning may uh, say some bad words on no, here. No, I but... won't. I'll analyze it and, and be even-handed about it because that's what I do, and I don't really like have emotional attachment to, to, to the team anymore. That's fair. That's fair. Very very, very zen of you. But um, I, it did the Cavs some favors, too, because this could have been a PR nightmare for trading him because it was not going over well. Fans in the news was first announced, and like even you and I were surprised. Like We talked about how Larry's probably the team's best trade asset, and I even said full stop when we were recording the reaction podcast. I thought that the 2022 pick was more on the table than he was, and like I've had folks who cover other teams reach out and say, like, oh, hey, how available is Larry Nance Jr.? I'm like... Uh, every player on the Cavs are available for the right price, but I think Larry's a little bit higher on the totem pole just because of the significance he has off the court and also how useful he is to this team. But we did a really good podcast with uh, Mike Rich at uh, Locked On Blazers, and we talked a lot about how good he's going to be in Portland. I think he's going to be a lot better in Portland than he ever was in Cleveland because they're going to ask him to do less, but he's able to do more because of it. Yeah, I, I so think it's, a lot of it's, right a, it's a win for Lee in him penning this letter was a win for the Cavs. I guess the only thing that I don't think this, that really was like tampering, like the frustration with the organization down. I don't think that has what is what is kind of going on here. I I still, I still think people don't quite like want to realize, I I think there's going to be a very hard reality where we're going here with like the Cavs are still just in this very sort of interesting place they have a lot of stuff they need to figure out a lot of stuff they kind of need to, to kind of figure out where they're absolutely going to get to and like they made this isn't a team that you know in terms of like what Larry and seems to think about them what i think kevin love thinks about them what, what i think the general consensus on the attempts to be that this is not a team that is ready to go somewhere right now right like, i don't think that i think the general consensus is not that the Cavs are like headed somewhere significant in the immediate future and like larry i think kind of outlined that was like really to me like aside from the the, the, the actual news of it quote unquote with the the trade request i think the other part of it is that he's just like look like i he spoke very highly of all those of those guys in glowing terms and he's done that a lot um he's played good good veteran in that sense in a way that others have not but i think that he also was like look like i like we're not here. I'm here. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time, and I would like to go win. And I'm gonna go play with like. And now he's playing with Damian Lillard, and Damian Lillard's really, really good. So oh, he's really, like, really good. So it's just like that. That is where we're at, and you know, um, I think the good vibes at some point will, will come back with Larry. Maybe he'll like come back after this contract if things work out. Like I don't. I don't think the door is like closed by any oh, stretch no. of the imagination. But I think like this is. This is where he wants to be, and I think the Cavs kind of understood that and made a play. And um, we'll see, we'll see where the chips lie for them. I just think that that is where I leave the Larry of it all. And um, really cool run to have him back in Cleveland. Still have the video of him, you know, coming into Atlanta to meet, meet with the team for the first time, and how much you could tell it meant to him. And that all was really, really cool. And I'm, I think this is probably an experience to look back on and really memorize. I think that the organization will miss him in a lot of different ways. I, I think the heart and soul talk was has been a little like returning the exaggeration of it all, like up to like 25 and like really like gassing this up a little too much. But I, I, I 
we'll see where this goes, I think is the, the best way to leave it. But Evan, we got to pay some bills. Yeah, we and, do. And uh, you're, you're up first with our friend at Sweatblock. I sure am. And folks, you shouldn't be sweating this Larry Nance Jr. trade much longer. And in fact, you shouldn't be sweating in general because there's so much more thing. There's so many different things in life that are so much more fun to talk about. And one thing that isn't fun to talk about is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I am French and Italian, and by nature, that makes me hairy and a coward, and also naturally slutty because of both. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt, or when I'm on a podcast with Chris Manning. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death, but there are much worse problems in this world, and let's be honest, in the moment it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why you use sweat block, antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it before night at bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about the sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on what will hide the sweat better. I can just live life and enjoy the vibes. If you or somebody you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Let me also tell you about our friends at Indeed. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all your hiring in one place, and that includes interviewing. Do not just hope for your perfect candidates. Go out and find them. Indeed's hiring tools will help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are in Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With That's Indeed how Chris found me for Locked on Cavs and Fear the Sword. Sure. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests. I've actually had to take 250 skills tests, to be honest. Pretty to much. Help, you know, also, like three harassing emails to say, like, yo, man, have you seen my last two? You know, it is what it is. Not in a good place for me at that time. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all their job fits combined. Join more than three million businesses worldwide then it use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post in indeed.com slash lock. Again, get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash lock, indeed.com slash lock, offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Evan, so let's talk about Kevin Love. His agent Mm -hmm. comes out gives one quote to Woj that's like, hey, Kevin's, Kevin doesn't want to do a buyout. He, he's, don't, you, don't you love that Terry Pluto got Kevin Love's agent to contact Adrian Wojnarowski to squash this notion? Well, yeah, so that, that, that's, a good, that's a good point that I didn't even think about. So Terry Pluto, the, the, arguably the greatest of all time to ever do it in the Cleveland sports market, uh, has in his scribbles over the weekend that, they're progressing towards a buyout. Did throw a little cold water on it within context of it, but like the Bleacher Report, like push notification was Cavs working towards a buyout. Plain dealer reported, even though Plain dealer doesn't exist anymore. Whatever. Unfortunately, RIP to, to a legend, yeah. the Plain dealer. But fast forward a day, Jeff Schwartz talks to Woj, says Kevin doesn't want to do a buyout. There's no interest. Woj also says no, the Cavs have are. Kevin would prefer to be traded. He's open to that. Cavs have, quote, tried periodically to trade Kevin Love, but haven't found a, a deal they want to do. 
when they're dead. And yeah, anyone in your I, I remember watching like the sports center hit like three years ago now or two years ago where like Woj is like talking to someone on, on the ESPN set and was like, yeah, the Cavs are exploring trading Kevin Love now. Like they're ready to do that. And I was like, oh yeah, no, no crap. No um, dip. Yeah, it's it's been explored from the moment he came to Cleveland. It's just amplified now. Well, and like specifically this version of it since like he signed that extent around since he signed that extension explicitly, and then here's here's where mm-hmm. we are. But I mean, all I got to say about this is like, I think this is just about money. Oh yeah, I I, I think like if you look at this. No one in their right mind believes that the Cavs or Kevin Love really want to be in business together anymore. I don't think if no. you injected Kobe Altman's arm with true serum and were like, hey, what do you think about Kevin Love? What do you want him on the team? He'd probably tell you no. Kevin Love very clearly does not doesn't have interest in being a Cleveland Cavalier anymore. And like I understand that. At the same time, he did sixty point two million dollars, more money than I will likely make in my entire lifetime. And Well, no, uh, the podcast makes that and like Dude, count count your racks in your basement real quick because I'm the podcast made that like yesterday. I'm bad at math. Um, please subscribe <sighs> to your YouTube channel so I can continue to afford nice things. But um, he's getting a third yacht, folks, with diamond encrusted plating on the mast. He's getting a sail yacht to be specific. So like, support Chris Manning here. Like, help help us. I'm lowly podcasters in need. waters to avoid taxes. Anyway, exactly. Anyway. He is owed a bunch of money. He has no reason to like do the Cavs. They've, I don't think they've really given him a reason to like for him to do them a solid to like give back some of the money. Like mm-hmm. this isn't like this isn't this breakup is not akin to like Kyle Lowry like leaving Toronto. This is much uglier. Uh, I think unfortunately for everyone involved. And here we are with like a month to go until training camp, like six weeks or so until the season starts. Kevin Love is the only member, not just from 2016, but from 2018, and that last title team now left on the roster. And Kevin still weird to is, think. Still bizarre to think that. And uh, the Cavs just paid Laurie Market and a bunch of money to be a younger version of what Kevin Love probably is best used at at this point in his career. Yeah, I think it just it's comes down to weird money. To think. Yeah, it really does come down to money. And I, I said this: Kevin Love is handsome. He's also handsomely play, paid. Like Chris said, he's making sixty point two million over the next two years. If you were in his shoes, and I certainly would, it as I like, I can understand where Kevin's coming from with how much money the podcast makes us at this point. I wouldn't want to give up a cent to that. So that's why Chris is going to international waters, so we don't have to pay any taxes on it. But jumping back here, at the same time. <sighs> It's a messy divorce. This has been happening for a while. The Cavs try. Like, I really genuinely think in my heart of hearts when they signed him to this extension, they were hoping, okay, we maybe can compete for the playoffs. And then they shifted. They pivoted a little bit because Kevin broke his foot and he was out for the majority of Collins' rookie season. And Corver was gone and George Hill was gone and J.R. Smith was in exile. Like, there's so many key veterans that were kind of out other than Tristan Thompson. Della Vadova had just come back, if I remember correctly. Came back and, during that during that season, yeah. And Kevin yeah. had been hurt at, since, like, immediately the beginning. He got hurt in preseason and, and yeah. Yeah, he's been on ice for a while. Like, everything's completely changed by the time you come back. Like, the complete like, perception of what this team is going to be has changed since you've been gone. Um... I don't think Kevin has been able to breathe once this entire time. But you um, picked up what I was putting down. Never felt more in sync. 
because I just want it this way, Chris. That's all. But anyways, um, that's the Backstreet Boys. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, if the Cavs could, like, from what I've gathered, the Cavs about Kevin Love tomorrow if he's willing to leave a certain amount of money on the table. But this is just going to be a dick measuring contest. Pardon my French for the next couple months, probably. I think Blake Griffin's buyout Detroit's a good way to put it because, like. I'm sure when Blake entered buyout talks to the Pistons, he said, I don't want to give up a cent. And the Pistons were like, okay, we don't have to pay you, but we also don't have to, we don't have to play you, I should say, but we also don't have any rush to get rid of you either because it's so, just going to hurt no, us long-term. Yeah. Well, we should go to our last breaker, but notably, I just want to point out that before we go, I didn't even realize this when I wrote, I wrote about Kevin uh, over the weekend. We'll talk about kind of my thesis a little bit um, when we get to past the breaker, but notably, it's not the same agent, but uh, same agency. Same agency, Excel Sports. Mm-hmm. So that like it's not as if like like it's like, this is a small little world here. There's a lot of overlap here. But Evan, we got to pay another bill. Yeah, you, Chris, you, Chris, I don't know. I Chris, don't, how's, the, how's the how's the prototype Cybertruck that Elon gave you to congratulate us on becoming the first Septillion podcast? Took it to the moon. You're, you have like seven Teslas now, so I do have seven Teslas, and they're hard to keep up. But actually, it's not that bad anymore with our friends at Rock Auto, which is a sponsor of today's episode. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions, and wait while the person by the ca- behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home or in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low and are for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, and even motor oil and new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find all the solutions for your auto parts needs. So... Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, and there has you hear about us box data that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. All right, Evan. So, Blake Griffin and Kevin Love, similar situations. Kevin Love, um, and let's just say he does ultimately come to a buyout. The Griffin thing to me should set some kind of a template because. Blake Griffin, when he played after he played 30 games for Detroit last year, um, which I, I would like to sort of understand, like some of the behind the scenes stuff on the Detroit and more than I think I understand them now. And but, as you try to understand it as an aside, if Kevin is bought out, he's not going to have a resurgence like Blake Griffin did in Detroit. Kevin's leg is probably shot. It's a ticking time bomb, it feels like. Yeah, we'll see. I, I would like to see what he would look. I would like to give him a chance where he's like a little more motivated. But like, I, I think there's a lot of risk. I think there oh, is yeah. obviously a lot of risk. And it's it's Blake was like trying on defense and stuff in a way. I don't know if Kevin like is going to be able to flip that switch. So like when Blake Griffin gave back, so he gave back $13.3 million of the 75 he had left on his deal. That was a little bit under 18% of his contracts that he had left. So if Kevin were to give back an even 18%, that's ten point eight million dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. that would take him down to like a little below, so like a little below, like forty nine in in uh, like change. Like that, that is about where Kevin would be at if he did that. Mm-hmm. Like that's still a massive cap hit for the Cavs. They, I just, I just think when I when it comes down to it for me, I do not believe 
that the Cavs have any leverage in this. Like, their only leverage is hoping that Kevin gets so miserable that he's just like, get me, get me out of here, and I'll like give you like half of the money back. Yep, that's pretty I much just, their only play here, or that like, the Cavs really show they don't need him, but they, they don't. They can't rely on him. No, but I, I don't, the sides don't need each other. But I guess like the question I I ultimately get to is like. Is any does it benefit anyone to drag this out? Where we all sort no. of feel like we know where it's headed anyway. Dude, it's going to be so uncomfortable, and if they do in person media, media availability media, at media well, day, even, even if it is on Zoom, it is going to be kind of incredible. I think. Oh, it's going to be super uncomfortable. And I have a zillion like I already have a zillion questions. Like one, JB, are you going to play Lowry at the three? Two, Kobe, what's going on here? Three, Kevin blink twice if you need out and for what movies did you enjoy this summer what did you think of the suicide james guns the suicide squad i thought it was delightful um no notable we haven't heard a peep from kevin instagram i don't think instagram anything since like he got hurt oh or since he got hurt well i mean i don't know i'll pull up his instagram stuff I mean, I think since you oh, yeah, basketball, since the yeah. end of USA basketball, and that was still a statement through his agent that he gave to, I believe, Woj, and then he released a statement through his agent through TBUSA. But at the same time, like, yeah, if you're the Cavs, why would you want to be on the books for sixty million? You try and drag this out for hopefully as long as possible, but this could get messy know, like, real fast the, too, because Kevin is known yeah. for his public outbursts, and I, I think to myself, I'm like, you know. We're getting primed for a nice, good, old-fashioned Kevin Love meltdown. It could be pretty early into the season, especially if he has to play like 15, 20 minutes a night. He completely phones it in, and the Cavs start like 1-6 and six or 0-7 oh on their opening stretch. Well, like, it's got, and, it's, and, and it's and the that, perfect yeah. storm for some drama. Well, if, that, if that happens, it's going to be like very apparent. Like It's just going to oh, be so obvious. Sure. And then, it's like, going to be worse than it, the Toronto out-of-bounds play. Well, and then, then at that point, it, like, even benefits, I think, Kevin Moore, like, for the Cavs to just be like, let's just get it done. Like, I, I really just think, like, they just almost have to just, like, eat that and just, like, deal with it. And then, like, whatever comes of this, like, well, they'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, do you think he'll be there? I do. At the start at of the training year, camp. Yeah. yeah training yeah, camp, I think I Kevin do. Love will be there. Much like I think Ben Simmons is going to be a 76er, but people will be more obsessed about that. And then Cavs fans will be bent out of shape about Kevin Love still being here. Yeah, I tend to just think that we are um, just headed towards something continually uncomfortable. And like, Do this, you think this he writes a letter through the plane dealer as well saying, listen, Cleveland fans, I love my time no. here. I love a championship, but this was a collaborative play, play. effort to get me out of here. <laughs> Player, it's going to be a, like a long player's tribute essay. Probably thoughtful and well-spoken, but the fans that really are obsessed with Kevin Love getting out of here are kind of man-baby sometimes. So I don't know, I just, man. I just I, The Cavs I, need I, to move on. It, I've been it saying this been, for a while. Yeah. Um, I think the vibe is just bad. And I just and don't know what that... Like, the also, clearly they moved on because they got the Mobley and marketing. Go yeah, ahead. well, when you paid Lori Market in $67 million, even if there's $6 million, that's not flagrant, like only last year, whatever. Um, the money is already burned. Like, the Kevin Love, you're not getting you're not getting so much of the Kevin Love money back that it's really going to help you. Tonight. Like, you really nope. almost just need to, like, eat the money the next two years and just, like, pretend you're, like, poor for two years and just, like, deal with it. Like, you kind of just yep. have to. And I, you shouldn't stretch it. You shouldn't do any of that. Oh, you, should- you changed your stance. You know, no yeah. more stretching. 
No, because like if you start stretching like all this money, even if it's like via like Chris, buy, you're gonna like think of what the... young player the Cavs could pay for next. So there's one less adult in the ro- that they can have in the room. I just just take the L. You've already lost. Like just yeah. break up now. You already have another player who like was on your title team who doesn't seem to really like you anymore, which is bad. <laughs> like, like just like just take the L. And like everyone will be happier for it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's just a shame that the core six is going to be implicated like this. You know, they don't deserve to be caught up in this drama. And also, poor Evan Mobley. He could be walking into a land, stepping on a landmine right now. Coming to the, like going into this Cavs season, like this is going to be a trial by fire. Like Isaac Okoro had because one, he has to defend like Jokic and AD to start the season, and two, well, like, he hey, has hey, to deal well, with the yeah, off the court. Who's going to defend Dwight? Do you want to put Dwight Howard slash Marcus All on Evan Mobley? Dude, I don't. I dude, that's this is too far away for me to think about. You're asking I, me to conceptualize. I think I like, think I'm light years ahead as the Warriors are. So okay, Joe Lacob. Um, Evan, let me just ask you this: Do you feel like the the based on like being online over the weekend and stuff. And do you feel like the tenor of like people's hopes for the Cavs next season has changed based on like the last like three days? Cause it yeah, feels like it's super freaking weird. People think they're like a play like, really... slash playoff team with marketing in the fold. I'm like, Oh, see, I feel like one need. I feel like everyone like turned into like a Zack Snyder movie the last couple of days, just really bleak, needlessly violent. No, you know. it it went from a Zack Snyder movie to uh, a Marvel cut? movie. No, just a Marvel movie in general because where everything is, it's not Infinity War because Infinity War showed that they could do dark and gritty better than DC could. But um, I wouldn't call it Infinity. Okay, we're not talking about that. Dark, I don't know if I call it dark and gritty. It's it's gritty. It's dark. You literally watch Tom Holland turn into Ash. And he says, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. I don't want to go. Like, that's pretty sad and dark. Um, it had its shock appeal and value, but I think a lot of it changed when Larry Nance penned that letter because a lot of people were like, holy crap, the Cavs just traded Larry Nance. And then it changed to, holy crap, Larry Nance didn't even want to be here. F that guy. We got Laurie Markin and now we're in the play-in, baby. Because Colin Sexton, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Darius Garland, and Laurie Markkinen, and Ricky Rubio, and Kevin Love are what you need to make the play-in. <laughs> oh, Ricky, Ricky or playoffs. Rubio. Would, would love to know what Ricky Rubio's brain is going through right now as like the only He's old like, guy in an organization he has no loyalty I was on the to. Phoenix Suns two years ago, and they just made the NBA Finals. That's At least in Minnesota, right now. Like, I have like a real history with the organization. Yep. He's got a history with Kevin, so... That's fun for a bit. Oh, uh, for like a week. I'm honestly surprised the Cavs haven't tried to force that down our throats yet that Ricky and Kevin used to play together. Dude, I mean, it just give everything time. We got, we got, a, we got a long ways to go for the, for the narratives to, to it's a long way to game season, but got a, lot of, it, got a lot of Cavs max to get to at some point. Um, yeah. Did you, did you understand what I was trying to say there? You cut out a little bit. You say Cavs it, well, madness. I said Cavs Max. No, didn't get that. Like Bad Max? No, like Newsmax. Oh. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Okay. No, I got it. Um, Yeah, okay. That was a genuine genuine laugh on my part. Good job. Um, 
So let's put a pin in this conversation. Yeah, if you're listening at home, let us know on Twitter how you feel about the Larry Nance trade. Let us know how you feel about Kevin Love not going anywhere. Would you tweet a Wolf of Wall Street clip of um, Leonardo DiCaprio saying, I'm not going anywhere? And if you were Kevin Love, um, I would. It'd be funny. Because in some of your eyes, he's stealing money from people. He's stealing money from the Cavs. So it all works out. Yeah. But again, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, Please subscribe to our youtube channel we just re-hit 100 after the fiasco of having to restart the please let's get to 150 next it would be a really the best way you can support the show right now is even if you're not like a regular youtube watcher like you're you're occasional go on youtube subscribe to lockdown calves help us cook those books we know we have a ton of listeners that if every single one of you lockdown calves listeners that we have daily that we know that we have daily based on the numbers we see we could smash the goal that we eventually want to get to in a day if all of you just went right now and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It would be a big, big help. Um, if you know, and just thanks again for considering doing that. Um, for myself, for Evan, this has been Locked On Cavs for Monday, August thirtieth. We'll be back with more later this week. Things we're going to talk about include Lori Markkinen and then getting a scouting report on him. We're going to do another YouTube Live AMA question and answer session uh, that we'll tweet out and announce maybe in. Uh, and Evan's Twitter because our account is still suspended for reasons Free that I don't quite understand. Check. We're in the exclusive Cleveland Verified Media Club where we decide how much money Colin Sexton makes, decide our fate, and unsuspend the podcast account. Yeah, and uh, we're going to go into the depth chart and build out a mock rotation without a month ago to training camp and just kind of suss out what the team sort of actually looks like from a roster standpoint now that they've made what is likely their biggest move of the offseason but until tomorrow it's been locked on Cavs. i'm chris he's evan have a good one later